we're in chapter 14, but I wanted to go back just a little in 13 and see if there's some very important verses. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you that we are free to meet around your word. Just bless it today in Jesus' name. Amen. We're supposed to begin in the 14th chapter of Acts, but do you remember the 13th chapter is about the church in Antioch. There were certain teachers there that uh, they'd spread out, but they didn't spread out until persecution came. Then that forced them to spread out because God had said, I want you to give this gospel here and every place in the world. And they had stayed there in Jerusalem. And so the thing that got them moving out were the problems that people hated them and wanted to do away with them. And so we saw about in the Galatian, going up into Galatia, which would be Turkey today, or Asia Minor. So in verse 32 of chapter 13, just by way of, well, Paul reviewed the history of Israel, which is so wonderful. In verse 26, for example, of chapter 13, men and brethren, sons of the family of Abraham, and those among you who fear God, to you the word of this salvation has been sent, that Jesus is the Savior. From David's family came the seed, Jesus, Israel, a Savior, Jesus. That's in verse 23. So, for those who dwell in Jerusalem, verse 27, and their rulers, because they didn't know him, nor the even the voices of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath. And the prophets all through the Old Testament prophesy of the coming Savior. But they didn't understand it. Their eyes were blinded. They fulfilled them in condemning him. And though they found no cause for death in Jesus, they asked Pilate that he should be put to death. Now when they had fulfilled all that was written concerning him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. He was seen for many days by those who came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses to the people. And we declare to you glad tidings, that promise which was made to the fathers. God has fulfilled this for us, their children, in that he has raised up Jesus. As it is also written in the second Psalm, you are my son, today I have begotten you. And that he raised him from the dead, no more to return to corruption, he has spoken thus, I will give you the sure mercies of David. Therefore, he also says in another psalm, you will not allow your Holy One to see corruption. That's not David. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep, was buried with his fathers and saw corruption. But he whom God raised up saw no corruption. Therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, that through this man, Jesus, is preached to you the forgiveness of sins. And by him, everyone who believes is justified or declared righteous from all things which you could not be justified or declared righteous by the law of Moses. What good was the law of Moses? It told you what sin is. So you can't be justified by trying to keep the law. Nobody kept it. But beware, therefore, lest what has been spoken in the prophets come upon you. And so he quotes from Habakkuk chapter 1. Behold, you despisers, marvel and perish, for I work a work in your days, a work which you will by no means believe, though one were to declare it to you. And when the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. And when the congregation had broken up, many of the Jews and devout proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. And the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. This is Antioch. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and contradict and blaspheming, and they opposed the things spoken by Paul. Then Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first, to the Jew first, see? But since you reject it and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, Behold, we turn to the Gentiles, for so the Lord has commanded us. I have set you to be a light to the Gentiles, that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. That's from uh, Isaiah chapter 49, verse 6. Now when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many has been appointed 
to eternal life believe. Now, see, this sounds like some are appointed and some aren't, but appointed because they believe the gospel. You might write that in the corner on your margin. Appointed, some are not appointed and some are not disappointed. But God wants everybody to be saved, but you have to believe in Jesus. They were appointed because they believed the gospel. Write that in your margin. But the Jews stirred up the devout and prominent women, and the chief men of the city raised up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. But they shook off the dust from their feet against them, came to Iconium, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Now it happened in Iconium that they went together to the synagogue of the Jews and so spoke that a great multitude, both of Jews and Greeks, believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brethren. Therefore they stayed there a long time, speaking boldly in the Lord who was bearing witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the multitude of the city was divided part sided with the Jews and part with the apostles. And when a violent attempt was made by both the Gentiles and Jews with their rulers to abuse and stone them, they became aware of it and fled to Lystra and Derbe, cities of Lyconia, and to the surrounding region. And they were preaching the gospel there. And in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb, who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking, Paul observing him intently, seeing that he had faith to be saved. This word healed is, the Greek is S-O-Z-O, because faith to be healed isn't what it really means. Sozo is the Greek word, and it means saved, faith to be saved. Said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and walked. Now when the people saw what Paul had done, they raised their voices, saying in the Lyconian language, The gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. And Barnabas they called Zeus, and Paul Hermes, because he was the chief speaker. Then the priest of Zeus, whose temple was in front of their city, brought oxen and garlands to the gates, intending to sacrifice with the multitudes. Sacrifice the oxen and have all the flowers. That's the way they did the sacrifice. But when the apostles Barnabas and Saul heard this, they tore their clothes and ran in among the multitude, crying out and saying, Men, why are you doing these things? We also are men with the same nature as you and preach to you that you should turn from these vain things, turn to the living God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all things that are in them who in bygone generations allowed all nations to walk in their own ways. Nevertheless, he did not leave himself without witness in that he did good, gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. And with these sayings, they could scarcely restrain the multitudes from sacrificing to them. And then Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there. And having persuaded the multitudes, they stoned Paul, from wanting to worship him. Now they want to stone Paul because these Jews stirred them up, persuaded the multitudes. They stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. And 2 Corinthians 11.25 talks about this. In fact, let's look back there. 2 Corinthians, at the very end of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 12, 1-4. Paul said, it is doubtless not profitable for me to boast. He says when he's writing to the Corinthian church, he said, I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body, I do not know, or whether out of the body, I do not know, God knows, such a one was caught up to the third heaven. What part of well, his body would have been laid here on earth and his soul and spirit left the body and went up to the third heaven. So this tells us where God's throne is. That We know that there are three heavens here, right out here where our atmosphere, then further is the second heaven and the third heaven is where God dwells. I was caught up to the third heaven and I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know. God knows how he was caught up into paradise. So this is what was, the third heaven is another name for paradise. 
and heard inexpressible words, which it's not lawful for a man to utter. Of such a one I will boast, yet of myself I will not boast, except in mine infirmities. For though I might desire to boast, I will not be a fool, for I will speak the truth. But I forbear lest anyone should think of me above what he sees me to be or hears from me, and lest I should be exalted above measure in the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in mine infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, Paul said, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And so I'm going to read a little more because I have become a fool in boasting. You have compelled me, for I ought to have been commended by you, for in nothing was I behind the most eminent apostles, though I am nothing. Truly the signs of an apostle were accomplished among you, with all perseverance in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. For what is it in, in which you were inferior to other churches, except that I myself was not burdensome to you? Forgive me this wrong. Now for the third time I am ready to come to you, and I will not be burdensome to you, for I do not seek yours but you. For the children ought not to lay up for the parents, but the parents for the children. And I will very gladly spend and be spent for your souls, though the more abundantly I love you, the less I am loved. But be that as it may, I did not burden you. Nevertheless, being crafty, I caught you with guile. Did I take advantage of you by any of those whom I sent to you? I urged Titus and sent our brother with him. Did Titus take advantage of you? Did we not walk in the same spirit? Did we not walk in the same steps? Again, do you think that we excuse ourselves to you? We speak before God in Christ, but we do all things, beloved, for your edification. For I fear lest when I come, I shall not find you such as I wish, but that I shall be found by you as such as you do not wish, lest there be contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, backbiting, whisperings, conceits, tumults, and lest when I come again, my God will humble me among you, and I shall mourn for many who have sinned before and have not repented of the uncleanness, fornication, and licentiousness which they have practiced. So he said, this will be the third time I'm coming to you. And so now back to where we were in Acts 14:19. Then the Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there, and having persuaded the multitudes, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. So he, he maybe was, and God raised him up. However, when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up and went into the city. And the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derbe. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch. And strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying, we must through many tribulations and trials enter the kingdom of God. So when they had appointed elders in every church and prayed with fasting, and some translations leave out the word fasting wherever you find it in the New Testament. They just say prayers. They commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. And after they had passed through Pisidia, they came to Pamphylia. Now when they had preached the word in Perga, they went down to Italia. From there they sailed to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work which they had completed. And when they had come together and gathered the church together, they reported all that God had done with them and that he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. So they stayed there a long time with the disciples. So this is, he'd opened the door of faith so Gentiles could hear the gospel. See, it was to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. And certain men came down from Judea and taught the brethren. So always wherever the gospel goes out, somebody comes along with a false gospel. Certain men came down from Judea and taught the brethren, unless you're circumcised, According to the custom of Moses, unless you become Jews, you cannot be saved. 
Therefore, when Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and dispute with them, it was a bitter dispute, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain others of them should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders about this question. Should we be circumcised? Should we become Jewish again? So being sent on their way by the church, they passed through Phoenicia and Samaria, describing the conversion of Gentiles, and they caused great joy to all the brethren. And when they had come to Jerusalem, they were received by the church and the apostles and elders, and they reported all things that God had done with them. But some of the sect of the Pharisees, who believed, they were believers, but they rose up saying, it's necessary to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. See, these are believers that are off base doctrinally. There are still people doing these same things today, adding to the gospel, adding to just believing, adding works. But when there had been much dispute, Peter rose up and said to them, Men and brethren, you know that a good while ago God chose among us that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. So God, who knows the heart, acknowledged them by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he did to us, and made no distinction between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why do you test God by putting a yoke on the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear about keeping the law? But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved in the same manner as they. Then all the multitude kept silent and listened to Barnabas and Paul, declaring how many miracles and wonders God had worked through them among the Gentiles. And after they had become silent, James answered, saying, Men and brethren, listen to me. Simon, Peter, has declared how God at the first visited the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And with this, the words of the prophets agree. This is from Amos chapter 9. Just as it is written, but I think it's only in the Septuagint that we see this. After this, I will return and will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. I will rebuild its ruins and I will set it up so that the rest of mankind, besides Israel, see, the rest of mankind may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord who does all these things. Known to God from eternity are all his works. Therefore, I judge that we should not trouble those from among the Gentiles who are turning to God, but that we write to them not to keep the law of Moses, to abstain from things polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, from things strangled, and from blood. You have to restrain themselves from these things. For Moses has had through many generations those who preach him in every city, being read in the synagogues every Sabbath. Then it pleased the apostles and elders with the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas, who was also named Barsabas, and Silas, leading men among the brethren. They wrote this letter by them to the apostles and elders and the brethren to the brethren who are of the Gentiles in Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia. Greetings. Since we have heard that someone who went out from us have troubled you with words unsettling your souls, saying you must be circumcised and you must keep the law to whom we gave no such commandment, it seemed good to us being assembled with one accord to send chosen men to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have therefore sent Judas and Silas who will also report the same things by word of mouth. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things, that you abstain from things offered to idols, from blood and from things strangled, and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from these, you will do well, farewell. So when they were sent off, they came to Antioch, and when they had gathered the multitude together, they delivered the letter. When they had read it, they rejoiced over its encouragement. Now Judas and Silas, themselves being prophets also, 
exhorted the brethren with many words and strengthened them. And after they had stayed there for a time, they were sent back with greetings from the brethren to the apostles. Paul and Barnabas also remained in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others. Then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. So this is called the second missionary journey. Now Barnabas was determined to take with them John called Mark. But Paul insisted that they should not take with them Mark who had departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Then he came to Derbe and Lystra. And behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a certain Jewish woman who believed, but his father was Greek. He was well spoken of by the brethren who were at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted to have him go on with him, and he took and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in that region. He really didn't believe he should do this, but he did it so he wouldn't offend the Jews that were in that region, for they all knew that his father was Greek. And as they went through the cities, they delivered to them the decrees to keep, which were determined by the apostles and elders at Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and increased in number daily. Now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, this would be Asia Minor or Turkey today, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. This would be Asia Minor. After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit of the Lord didn't permit them. These are the early days of the church. So the Spirit is leading them. So passing by Mysia, they came to Troas, which is Troy. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, to Greece, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Therefore, sailing from Troy, or Troas, this is the second missionary journey, sailing from Troy, or Troas, we ran a straight course to Samothrace and the next day to Neapolis and from there to Philippi, which is the foremost city of that part of Macedonia, a Roman colony. And we were staying in that city for some days. And on the Sabbath day, this would be Saturday, Friday night to Saturday night. And on the Sabbath day, we went outside the city to the riverside where prayer was customarily made. And we sat down and spoke to the women who met there. Now a certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira, who also worshipped God. See, she's like Cornelius that we're going to read about in Luke 24, who worshipped God. The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. And when she and her household were baptized, she begged us, saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she constrained us. Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination, demon possessed, met us, who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are the servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. Well, they didn't need a fortune teller to be telling the gospel. She, that's right. They were to proclaim the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And the spirit came out of her, the evil spirit, that very hour. And when her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, These men being Jews exceedingly trouble our city, and they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them, the mob, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. 
And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, the jailer put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God after they'd been beaten like this, praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, waking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposed the prisoners had fled. He drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called out with a loud voice saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in, fell down trembling, the jailer did, before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? This is the Greek word pistu, to believe. It means to believe in. So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. When the jailer said, What must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and all of his family were baptized. Now when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them. He rejoiced having believed in God with all of his household. And when it was day, the magistrates sent the officers saying, let those men go. So the keeper of the prison reported these words to Paul, saying, The magistrates have sent to let you go. Now, therefore, depart and go in peace. But Paul said to them, this is the courage of Paul, They have beaten us openly, uncondemned Romans, and have thrown us into prison. And now they put us out secretly? No, indeed. Let them come themselves and get us out. And the officers told these words to the magistrates, and they were afraid when they heard that they were Romans. Then they came and pleaded with them and brought them out and asked them to leave the city. So they went out of the prison and entered the house of Lydia. And when they had seen the brethren and encouraged them, they departed. Now, when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. Then Paul, verse 2 of chapter 17, then Paul, as his custom was, went into them and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that the Christ, the Messiah from the Old Testament, had to suffer and rise again. There was just no New Testament. This is all from the Old Testament. He explained and demonstrated that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead, saying, this Jesus, whom I preach to you, is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded. And a great multitude of the devout Greeks, and not a few of the leading women, joined Paul and Silas. But the Jews who were not persuaded, becoming envious, took some of the evil men from the marketplace, and gathering a mob, set all the city in an uproar, and attacked the house of Jason, and sought to bring them out to the people. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Jason has harbored them, and these are all acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying, There's another king, Jesus. And they troubled the crowd and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. So when they had taken security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea, where when they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. And these people in Berea were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness. So often they'll say, let's be Bereans. They received the word, received, believed the Bible with all readiness, and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Dave Hunt called his paper that he sends out, Brian Call. Therefore, many of them believed, and also not a few of the Greeks, prominent women as well as men. But when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was preached by Paul at Berea, they came there also and stirred up the crowds. 
Then immediately the brethren sent Paul away to go to the sea, but both Silas and Timothy remained there. So those who conducted Paul brought him to Athens, and receiving a command for Silas and Timothy to come to him with all speed, they departed. Now while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him when he saw the city was given over to idols and idolatry. Therefore he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and with the Gentile worshipers, and in the marketplace daily he reasoned with those who happened to be there. Then certain Epicurean and Stoic philosophers encountered him, and some said, What does this babbler want to say? Others said, He seems to be a proclaimer of foreign gods because he preached to them Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him and brought him to the Areopagus and saying, May we know what this new doctrine is, which this town hall, Areopagus, may we know what this new doctrine is of which you speak. For you're bringing some strange things to our ears. Therefore, we want to know what these things mean. For all the Athenians and the foreigners who were there spent their time. Now, this verse, really, listen to this. They didn't do anything. They didn't work. All the Athenians and the foreigners who were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or hear some new thing. (laughs) What a waste of time is it to hear some new thing. Then Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you're very religious, for I was passing through and considering the object of your worship. I even found an altar with this inscription. So he talked right down where they were. See, he didn't condemn them or anything. He said, I see you're very religious, for as I was passing through, I even found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. They didn't want to miss out. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing him... I proclaim to you. What a wonderful way to start this message. God who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, since he gives to all life, breath, and all things. And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their habitations so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he's not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as also some of your own poets have said, for we are his offspring. Therefore, since we are the offspring of God, We ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, something shaped by art and man's devising. Truly, these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all men everywhere to repent, change their minds, because he has God has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising this man from the dead. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, while others said, We will hear you again on this matter. So Paul departed from among them. However, some men joined him and believed. Among them, Dionysius the Areopagite and a woman named Damaris and others with them. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth. There he found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently come to Italy with his wife Priscilla. Why? Because Claudius, the Roman emperor, had commanded all the Jews to leave Rome. And so he came to them. Though back then, terrible anti-Semitism. So because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked. For by occupation, they were tent makers. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded both Jews and Greeks When Silas and Timothy had come from Macedonia, Paul was constrained by the Spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. But when they opposed him and blasphemed, he shook his garments and he said to them, Your blood be on your own heads. I am clean. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. That's what God wanted him to do anyway. And he departed from there and entered the house of a certain man named Justice, one who worshipped God, whose house was next door to the synagogue. 
Then Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all of his household, and many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed and were baptized. Now the Lord spoke to Paul in the night by a vision, Do not be afraid, but speak, and do not keep silent, for I am with you, and no one will attack you to hurt you, for I have many people in this city. So Paul continued there a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. See, he didn't have a New Testament, so what is now in our New Testament, that's what he was teaching them. All they had was the Old Testament. He, a year and a half, he taught the word of God. Now when Gallio was proconsul of Achaia, the Jews with one accord rose up against Paul and brought him to the judgment seat and said, this fellow persuades men to worship God contrary to the law of Moses, the law. And when Paul was about to open his mouth, Gallio said to the Jews, before Paul could even talk, if it were a matter of wrongdoing or wicked crimes, O Jews, there would be a reason why I should bear with you. But if it's a question of words and names and your own law, look to it yourselves, for I do not want to be a judge of such matters. And he drove them from the judgment seat. Then all the Greeks took Sosthenes, the ruler of the synagogue, and beat him before the judgment seat. But Gallio took no notice of these things. So Paul still remained a good while. Then he took leave of the brethren and sailed for Syria. And Priscilla and Aquila were with him. He had his hair cut off at Centuria, for he had taken a vow. Well, he's not supposed to be doing this anymore, but he did. And he came to Ephesus and left them there. And he himself entered the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. When they asked him to stay a longer time with them, he did not consent, but took leave of them, saying, I must by all means keep this coming feast in Jerusalem, but I will return again to you, God willing. And he sailed from Ephesus. And when he had landed at Caesarea and had gone up and greeted the church, he went down to Antioch. After he had spent some time there, he departed and went over all the region of Galatia and Phrygia in order, strengthening all the disciples. Now a certain Jew named Apollos, born in Alexandria, Egypt, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures, these would be the Old Testament scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord, though he knew only the baptism of John. So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately, all these things that had happened about Jesus. And when he desired to cross to Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace, for he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, showing from the scriptures, the Old Testament scriptures, that Jesus is the Christ. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, Well, we've not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? So they said, Into John's baptism. Then Paul said, Now here's what, when people were baptized by John the Baptist, here's what they said. Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance. Change your mind is what he said, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. So here was the baptism of John. The people, when they, they submitted to John's baptism, they were saying that they believed on the one who would come after John the Baptist, that they would believe on Jesus Christ. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about 12 in all. And he went into the synagogue in Ephesus and spoke boldly for three months, reasoning, persuading, concerning the things of the kingdom of God. But when some were hardened and did not believe, but spoke evil of the way before the multitude, he departed from them and withdrew the disciples, reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannus. And this he continued for two years. So he was teaching in this religious school. Two years, so that all who dwelt in Asia Minor 
heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists, though they were traveling magic workers, Jewish, took upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, We adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. <laughs> also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? The, then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them. So they fled out of that house naked and wounded. This became known both to all Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell on all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds, and many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all, and they counted up the value of them, and it told 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. When these things were accomplished, Paul purposed in the spirit. When he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia, he purposed to go to Jerusalem, saying, After I've been there, I must also see Rome. So he sent to Macedonia two of those who ministered to him, Timothy and Erastus. But he himself stayed in Asia for a time, Asia Minor. And about that time, there arose a great commotion about the way. That's what they called Christianity back right at the beginning, the way. And it's true because Jesus said, I am what? The way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So there was a great commotion about the way. For a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, who made silver shrines of Diana, brought no small profit to the craftsmen. He called them together with the workers of similar occupation and said, Men, you know that we have our prosperity by this trade. Moreover, you see and hear that not only Ephesus, but throughout almost all Asia, this Asia Minor, Turkey today, this Paul has persuaded and turned away many people, saying there are not gods which are made with hands. So not only is this trade of ours where we make idols, this trade of ours in danger of falling into disrepute, but also the temple of the great goddess Diana may be this, or Artemis. And this was started, this temple of, of the mother and the child started at Babel way back in Genesis, the worship of the mother and child. And many of you know that this worship is still with us today where they worship the mother and the child. And when they heard this, they were full of wrath and cried out, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. So the whole city was filled with confusion and rushed into the theater with one accord, having seized Gaius and Aristarchus, Macedonians, Paul's travel companions. And when Paul wanted to go into the people, the disciples wouldn't allow him. Then some of the officials of Asia, who were his friends, sent to him pleading that he would not venture into the theater. Some therefore cried one thing and some another, for the assembly was confused. And most of them did not know why they'd come together. Maybe that's the way with most mobs. They drew Alexander out of the multitude, the Jews putting him forward. And Alexander motioned with his hand and wanted to make his defense to the people. But when they found out he was a Jew, all with one accord cried out for about two hours, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. And when the city clerk had quieted the crowd, he said, Men of Ephesus, what man is there who does not know that the city of the Ephesians is temple guardian of the great goddess Diana? And from the image which fell down from heaven... So in Babel, there was Tammuz and Semiramis. In Phoenicia, it was Ashtoreth and Tammuz. In Egypt, it was Isis and Horus. In Greece, it was Eros and Aphrodite. And in Rome, Venus and Cupid. Since, therefore, these things cannot be denied, you ought to be quiet and do nothing rashly. For you have brought these men here who are neither robbers of temples nor blasphemers of your goddess. If, therefore, Demetrius and his fellow craftsmen have a case against anyone, the courts are open, and there are proconsuls. Let them bring charges against one another. But if you have any other inquiry to make, it shall be determined in the lawful assembly. For we are in danger today, being called in question for 
this uproar, there being no reason which we may give to account for this disorderly gathering. And when he had said these things, he dismissed the assembly. After the uproar had ceased, Paul called the disciples to him, embraced them, and departed to go to Macedonia, Greece. Now when he had gone over that region and encouraged them with many words, he came to Corinth in Greece, maybe, and stayed three months. And when the Jews plotted against him as he was about to sail to Syria, he decided to return through Macedonia. So Sopater of Berea accompanied him to Asia, also Aristarchus and Secundus of the Thessalonians, and Gaius of Derbe, and Timothy, and Tychicus, and Trophimus of Asia Minor. These men going ahead waited for us at Troas, but we sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread. This would be Passover week. After the days of unleavened bread, and five days joined them at Troas, where we stayed seven days. Now on the first day of the week, now I think this is why we meet today on the first day of the week to worship the Lord on the day of his resurrection. Now on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, you might maybe underline this verse, Paul, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. There were many lamps in the upper room where they were gathered together, and in a window sat a certain young man named Eutychus, who was sinking into a deep sleep. He was overcome by sleep, and as Paul continued speaking, he fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. But Paul went down, fell on him, and embracing him, said, Do not trouble yourselves, for his life is in him. Now when he had come up and broken bread and eaten and talked a long while, even till daybreak, he departed. And they brought the young man in alive, and they were not a little comforted. Then we went ahead to the ship and sailed to Assos, there intending to take Paul on board. For so he had given orders, intending himself to go on foot. And when he met us at Assos, we took him on board and came to Mytilene. We sailed from there, and the next day came opposite Chios. The following day we arrived at Samos and stayed in Trogilium, and the next day we came to Miletus, for Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus so that he would not have to spend time in Asia Minor, for he was hurrying to be at Jerusalem, if possible, on the day of Pentecost, which would be May or June. From Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church. And when they had come to him, he said to them, You know from the first day that I came to Asia Minor in what manner I always lived among you, serving the Lord with all humility, and many tears and trials which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews, and how I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly from house to house, testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And see, now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And indeed, now I know that you all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, you will see my face no more. Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. It's the same as bishops, which is the Greek word episkopos, overseers. He's made you overseers. That's where we get the word episcopalian overseer. You're supposed to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also, these savage wolves are still around in our world today, not sparing the flock. But also, from among your own selves, men will rise up, speaking perverse things, to draw away the disciples after themselves. 
Therefore, what is the antidote for this? Is to know the Bible so that when something false comes along, a verse comes to your mind that sets you straight what God says. And from among yourselves will men rise, speaking perverse things, to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone, night and day, with tears. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified or set apart or believe in Jesus. How are we built up? By believing and reading the word of God. Paul says, I've coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. Yes, you yourselves know that these hands have provided for my necessities and for those who are with me. I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. Then they all wept freely and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him, sorrowing most of all for the words which he spoke, that they would see his face no more. And they accompanied him to the ship. Now it came to pass that when we had departed from there and set sail, Paul is saying, this is from Miletus to Caesarea. We set sail and running a straight course. And in all of your Bibles in the back, it has this missionary trip. Shows you exactly how, where they went. Now it came to pass that when we had departed from them and set sail, running a straight course, we came to Kos, which is on the coast of Turkey. The following day to Rhodes and from there to Patara. It's all in Turkey. And finding a ship sailing over to Phoenicia, to Greece, we went aboard and set sail. And when we had sighted Cyprus, we passed it on the left, sailed to Syria, landed at Tyre, for there the ship was to unload her cargo. And finding disciples, we stayed there seven days. They told Paul through the Spirit not to go up to Jerusalem. When we had come to the end of those days, we departed and went on our way, and they all accompanied us with wives and children till we were out of the city. And we knelt down on the shore and prayed. And when we had taken our leave of one another, we boarded the ship and they returned home. And when we had finished our voyage from Tyre, we came to Ptolemaeus, greeted the brethren, and stayed with them one day. This would be in Syria. On the next day, we who were Paul's companions departed and came to Caesarea and entered the house of Philip, the evangelist, who was one of the seven, and stayed with him. Now Philip, this man, had four virgin daughters who were prophetesses, who prophesied. And as we stayed many days, a certain prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. And when he had come to us, he took Paul's belt, bound his own hands and feet, and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. And when we heard these things, both we and those from that place pleaded with him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, What do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. So when he would not be persuaded, we ceased, saying, The will of the Lord be done. And after those days, we packed up and went to Jerusalem. And some of the disciples from Caesarea went with us and brought with them one Nason of Cyprus, an early disciple with whom we were to lodge. And when we had come to Jerusalem, the brethren received us gladly. On the following day, Paul went in with us to James, and all the elders were present. And when he had greeted them, he told in detail those things which God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. And when they heard it, they glorified the Lord. And they said to him, You see, brother, how many myriads of Jews there are who have believed, and they are all zealous for the law. But they have been informed about you, that you teach all the Jews who are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses, saying they ought not to circumcise their children, nor to walk according to the customs. What then? The assembly must certainly meet, for they will hear that you have come. Therefore do what we tell you. We have four men who have taken a vow. Take them and be purified with them and pay their expenses so they may shave their heads that all may know that those things of which they were informed concerning you are nothing, but that you yourself also walk orderly and keep the law. 
But concerning the Gentiles who believe, we have written and decided that they should observe no such thing except that they should keep themselves from things offered to idols, from blood, from things strangled, and from sexual immorality. Then Paul took the men, and the next day, having been purified with them, entered the temple to announce the expiration of the days of purification, at which time an offering should be made for each one of them. And when the seven days were almost ended, the Jews from Asia, seeing him in the temple, stirred up the whole crowd and laid hands on him, crying out, Men of Israel, help! This is the man who teaches all men everywhere against the people, against the law in this place. And furthermore, he also brought Greeks into the temple and has defiled this holy place. For they had previously seen Trophimus, the Ephesian, with him in the city, whom they supposed Paul had brought into the temple. And all the city was disturbed, and the people ran together, seized Paul, dragged him out of the temple, and immediately the doors were shut. Now as they were seeking to kill him, news came to the commander of the garrison that all Jerusalem was in an uproar. He immediately took soldiers and centurions and ran down to them. And when they saw the commander and the soldiers, they stopped beating Paul. Then the commander came near and took him, commanded him to be bound with two chains. And he asked who he was and what he had done. And some among the multitude cried one thing and some another. And when he couldn't ascertain the truth because of the tumult, he commanded him to be taken into the barracks. And when he reached the stairs, he had to be carried by the soldiers because of the violence of the mob. For the multitude of the people followed after, crying out, Away with him! And as Paul was about to be led into the barracks, he said to the commander, May I speak to you? He replied, Can you speak Greek? Are you not the Egyptian? who some time ago raised an insurrection and led the 4,000 assassins out into the wilderness. But Paul said, I'm a Jew from Tarsus in Cilicia, a citizen of no mean city, and I implore you, permit me to speak to the people. So when he had given him permission, Paul stood on the stairs and motioned with his hand to the people. And when there was a great silence, he spoke to them in the Hebrew language, saying, Men, brethren, brothers, fathers, Hear my defense before you now. And when they heard that he spoke to them in the Hebrew language, they kept all the more silent. Then he said, I am indeed a Jew, born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this city at the feet of Gamaliel, taught according to the strictness of our father's law, and was zealous toward God, as you are today. I persecuted this way, believing in Jesus. I persecuted this way to the death, binding and delivering into prisons both men and women, as also the high priest bears me witness and all the council of the elders, from whom I also received letters to the brethren. And I went to Damascus to bring in chains even those who were there in Jerusalem to be punished. Now it happened as I journeyed and came near Damascus at about noon, suddenly a great light from heaven shone around me. I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? So I answered, Who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you're persecuting. And those who were with me indeed saw the light and were afraid, but they didn't hear the voice of him who spoke to me. So I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, Arise and go into Damascus, and there you will be told all things which are appointed for you to do. And since I could not see for the glory of that light being led by the hand of those who were with me, I came to Damascus. Then one Ananias, a devout man according to the law, having a good testimony with all the Jews who dwelt there, came to me and he stood and said to me, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that same hour I looked up at him. Then he said, The God of our fathers has chosen you that you should know his will and see the just one and hear the voice of his mouth, for you will be his witness to all men of what you have seen and heard. And now why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Then it happened when I returned to Jerusalem and was praying in the temple that I was in a trance. And I saw him saying to me, Make haste and get out of Jerusalem quickly, for they will not receive your testimony concerning me. So I said, Lord, they know that in every synagogue I imprisoned and beat those who believe on you. 
And when the blood of your martyr Stephen was shed, I was also standing by consenting to his death and guarding the clothes of those who were killing him. Then he said to me, Depart, for I will send you far from here to the Gentiles. And they listened to him until this word. And then they raised their voices and said, Away with such a fellow from the earth. He's not fit to live. Then as they cried out and tore off their clothes and threw dust into the air, the commander ordered him to be brought into the barracks and said that he should be examined under scourging so that he might know why they shouted so against him. And as they bound him with thongs, Paul said to the centurion who stood by, Is it lawful for you to scourge a man who is a Roman and uncondemned? When the centurion heard that, he went and told the commander, say, Take care what you do, for this man is a Roman. Then the commander came and said to him, Tell me, are you a Roman? He said, Yes. And the commander answered, With a large sum I obtained this citizenship. And Paul said, But I was born a citizen. Then immediately those who were about to examine him withdrew from him. And the commander was also afraid after he found out that he was a Roman because he had bound him. The next day, because he wanted to know for certain why he was accused by the Jews, he released him from his bonds and commanded the chief priests and all their council to appear and brought Paul down and set him before them. So we'll stop here today and next week we'll take Paul's message, what he had to say before the council. Chapter 23 is where we'll start next week. Lord, thank you for this time together. Bless each one here. Bless our families and keep us safe from harm. In Jesus' name, amen.